Welcome to the Unlearning Labels podcast. Our mission is to support you to create inclusive and safe spaces for teams to feel valued and do their best work. In each episode, we explore the topics of diversity and inclusion, cultural change, and inclusive leadership development. For more information, visit our website at www.unlearninglabels.com. There you can read our blog articles, listen to previous episodes, and contact us to work with us directly. Now, enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's such a joy to go live again, isn't it, Peter and Mira? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been ages, no? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we're going to be doing this every week. That's what we're committed to. And so today's topic is trust versus boss swear. And I can't see the rest of the title. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> micromanagement in the remote workplace. So for those of you who are new to our Unlearning Labels podcast, you can uh, go to our website, which is www.unlearninglabels.com. There you can read our blog articles and listen to previous episodes, which are on um, iTunes as well as Spotify and any place they have podcast streaming. Um, So let's get into it today. So we came up with this topic of trust, right? Because when you think about unlearning labels and uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, quite often um, the, the, the underlying issue is a human issue, which is we just don't trust each other, <laughs> you know? And, um, and so now that we've been forced uh, to be in this remote working world, um, there, that we, we've found more ways to control. And so that's what we're talking about with the bossware and the monitoring software and everything. So um, who wants to go first? Looking at me? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All eyes on Peter. <laughs> I mean, this is a topic that, I mean, I mentioned this in the comments before on LinkedIn. It's definitely close to my heart because it's always a challenge in organizations to get it right as a leader. You know, you can be a people manager and push things around and be very task orientated, or you can show leadership qualities, which are more soft skills, right? And build trust and listen to people and be compassionate and have patience. And what we've noticed since COVID, you know, in the last, what, 22 plus months is that people are becoming more self-aware, which is amazing. That really does warm my heart. But there's also been a massive upsurge in companies trying to cut corners. And instead of developing their leaders and creating psychologically safe spaces, they're looking towards software solutions. And yeah, they're called tattleware. I don't even know what that word means, you know, as a label. But bossware kind of makes sense because that's what it is. It's trying to boss people instead of saying, look, we trust you. We've got your back. Do your best work. And, And, you know, for me as a leader, all I can say is in my career, I was trusting first. It was never easy because there's times when, you know, I might clash with someone in terms of the personality or, you know, my best guess is they may let me down. 
but it was always the best way to trust first. And then you can always lovingly course correct and give feedback, nurture and coach people versus micromanagement, bullying, coercion, and this crazy, you know, quite, what's the right word? Shocking when I first read some of these articles about spyware that takes shots via your webcam every couple of minutes and imagine, I mean, just the privacy issues. I mean, you're running, you, you, you know, you're trying to do your best work. You might have kids, dogs, cats, your family in the background. I just find it quite shocking that companies would even consider trying to monitor their people that way rather than actually bolstering their managers by giving them more training. Mm. Yeah. So that's what we wanted to explore today, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, and my first. Well, I wouldn't say uh, the, my first response, the first thing that, that actually crossed my mind when we were when we started talking about it is uh, is, is really what you said. It, it's cutting corners. Uh, I, I think one of the reasons why is uh, well, you know, leadership is changing, management is changing, and all of that is changing because we are first of all we are evolving. Uh, the other thing is. Um, the other thing is uh, people, you know, because of the um, pandemic. Sorry, I've got a little bit of a headache still, so I might not be being really fast in finding words. Uh, but because of pandemic and because there is so much, uh, uh, still so many people uh, working uh, remotely and, and now we have these other different ways of uh, be, where we need to learn how to manage people and not everybody were ready for it. So cutting corners, trying to use technology to um, to actually uh, compensate for lack of leadership skills. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we know it's not easy to remotely manage people. In fact, it's one of the hot topics that our clients come to us and say, look, I'm kind of okay at it and, you know, I'm still learning as a leader, but how do I make people feel safe? How can I really trust people if I don't see them 24-7 like we were in the office? Mm -hmm. You know, the old school way of, you know, the leader might be in his office, et cetera, but they're always, you know, walking around and chatting to people and seeing what's going on and you have a kind of a helicopter view. And what I've found is leaders, leadership teams, leaders individually have found it really uncomfortable to be able to let go of the, lane, the reins of control, especially during COVID. Mm. But what if we were to say that actually the more that you trust people, the better results you'll get? Mm. I know it's a bit of a paradox because it's like, what, you know, be soft and don't really check in. No, we're not saying that, right? We're saying show a, a real interest in people in terms of their human humanity, you know? So, you know, ask about their family, check in more and say, is there anything you need versus checking in like you're standing over the shoulder and saying, what are you up to, right? Because mm -hmm. that's a that's the total opposite of creating a safe space and allowing people to be, you know, a high-performing team as such. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what you think about that, Cordelia, because I know we've talked about this a lot, haven't mm -hmm. we? You know, so maybe we could unpack, you know, what does trust look like? What are the kind of things that leaders can do to actually cultivate relationships and build trust with the team? Well, you know, as I'm uh, enjoying my children screaming in the background, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm thinking, you know, a lot of people, and we were talking about this briefly before we went live, you know, a lot of people misinterpret, especially if they can't relate to the lifestyle of an employee with children, 
they mm -hmm. would automatically assume, let's say like I'm, I'm, well, I am working, <laughs> right. But I work for a company and, um, and they heard this noise in the background. How could she possibly be getting any work done with all that noise? And um, not understanding or having the basic human compassion that, you know, actually mothers are more uh, focused, right, on what they're doing because they have all the noise in the background. Oh, good. My children are alive. Because when they don't make noise, that's when I worry, you know. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, and that is a leadership skill, you know, just being tuned in to uh, the conditions of the way humans function and what is normal um, mm -hmm. in a family environment. And also, like the results really speak for themselves. It's like, OK, because we did see a lot of attrition last year with moms leaving the workplace because of this issue. And if you look at the productivity of um, even, you know, I would say especially a single mother over like other, <laughs> other, I'm just noticing that Felicia's laughing in the background here. So <laughs> aloha. Um, you'll see that, you know, generally women and mothers will be more productive than the average um, uh, mm -hmm. employee. And so looking at the, outcome before making assumptions is a leadership skill um, mm -hmm. and surrendering. That's the other thing I was hearing between your comments, you know, surrendering to um, just actually trusting your employees, you know, this person when they were in the office, you know, and, and that's another thing, if you wanted to just look at the, the data, right? So when they were in the office, this is what their work looked like. And now that we're not, now that we're working remote, this is what their work looks like, right? So do I need to use bossware or do I need to micromanage this person? And, you know, that is, uh, again, I think that's another <clears throat> leadership skill. Like if you, if you have that controlling um, part of you and you have that need to micromanage, pull the data first before mm. you go after somebody. Mm -hmm. it, it, sorry, <laughs> I'm just remembering the, the thing that uh, we've had a conversation with, uh, with a company, uh, we were discussing leadership development for, for, their, for the new managers, people that are um, getting into management and, and, and so um, one of the things that, that came up in that conversation was, you know, I could not do anything uh, with this person because whatever, whatever I tried, however I tried, uh, they did not respond and uh, did what we needed that person to do. So I even went into micromanage. And, and Peter's question was, did you actually ask that person what is going on? And, you know, saying, you know, I've noticed that there is something going on. You know, we can talk about it. What is going on? How can I help you? And the person that spoke about it, it was the manager, went, oh, no. <laughs> and it's very interesting to me. And I think this is why this technology is, is um, getting so much uh interest from the companies is because we don't you know we don't speak to people 
we are uncomfortable and uh, asking people, you know, what is going on? And then pe people may be telling us things that, um, that they're not, con or that will cause us to be uncomfortable, you know? And so we don't like to ask on spare, spend energy into figuring things out or time. We like to assume and then act on our assumption, not on what is really going on. And it's so simple. I mean, it's so simple to ask, how are you, what's going up for you? How can I help you? Is there anything, you know, I've noticed this, these things have changed. Is there, you know? Yeah, there's two things at play. Sorry, do you want to go, Cordelia? No, I was just, I was hearing pause, ask, listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Reflection for leaders, like one of the most undeveloped skills and obviously listening as well. But what I'm hearing, and this is a great conversation, so thank you both of you. There's, there's another bit of it. You mentioned it before, Cordelia. I mean, we should be paying people for results, no matter what industry is, no matter what you do. As far as I'm concerned, when I was a leader and responsible for managing teams and getting the best out of people, I wasn't really necessarily bothered about clocking hours, although I played the game with the leaders above me because they were uncomfortable. And, and again, all of the stuff we explored, you know, you need to do this and warn people. I was like, no, not going to do that. But that was more me thinking that inwardly. And I had to play the game and just nod and say yes sometimes because it was, if I'm honest, much easier to do that in a meeting rather than getting into a massive firefight or a battle about it. But for me, it was always proofs in the pudding. The more safer my team felt mm -hmm. and the more I could see psychological safety, which meant that people could say what they meant, you know, in a professional way. They could give me feedback and push back when I wasn't seeing clearly. And they were just getting on with what they're good at. And the thing is that the more that I looked into them as human beings, you know, you know, if they had kids, what do you do for a hobby? All of that. When the wheels come off and it got really challenging because I knew them on a more granular human level, that was what saved me. It wasn't, you know, going deeper into the stats and the KPIs or trying to squeeze more productivity out of people. It was simply knowing these people and having the backs and showing I had the backs by just being there when they needed stuff or where they when they you know needed some help or a little bit of course correcting versus me trying to force productivity out of them so this is the thing for any leaders listening to this it's better to focus on the results and set your team up for success that way than forcing them to clock in clock out because that's an old way of looking at things it's so 19th century factory and let's be honest we're already well into the 21st century mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that that shifts you know mm -hmm. you know i i want to welcome those of you who are watching live this is also recorded um thank you felicia and miha is also here and whoever else is here if you have any questions or comments please to put them in the comments. And so I wanted to share what Felicia said related to what Peter was sharing. Pre-COVID, how many employees did you know that were sitting at a desk in view and were not really producing, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what's the difference? You know, mm -hmm. if they, <laughs> you, we, you, know. <laughs> well, you know what, that's, a, thank you for sharing that. Because honestly, there was, there isn't really a difference because there's always going to be people that need love and support and coaching to get them back on track. And, you know, sometimes in rare cases of mine, you know, if you're a leader, sometimes you have to let people go, cut them loose and, and allow them to find something more meaningful. Yeah. But that aside, that's going to happen regardless of what you do. And in fact, it's better to trust people first, like we say, and 
even if you think something, I mean, Mira touched on it before, assumptions. I used to assume a lot. We all do. It's something that all humans do. I'll put my hand up. You know, I do it quite often. But when I do that, I put my foot in it. But if I reflect and then I check in and say, okay, is that really true? Let's have a let's have a dialogue with my team. Let's check in and make sure. Because, you know, if I was feeling uncomfortable, it was much better to get into dialogue and ask how my team were. You know, how was your day? You wouldn't believe how much people would shine just by me actually caring and giving, you know, paying attention and just showing how much I cared about them rather than just the KPIs and the business side of it. You know what just crossed my mind as you were talking? Um, I think lots of managers, lots of leaders, uh, uh, people in leadership positions, I wouldn't necessarily call them leaders, uh, they uh, they think that if it's the fear plays a huge part in it, if the if the team, if so, or people in 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 the team are not productive or doing what I think as a manager they should be doing, I'm not a good manager. Hmm. So out of the fear and belief that I'm not good enough, instead of actually learning how to lead, learning how to trust, learning how to let go of things, learning how to lead people, what I do is I'm pressuring people in order to appear as as if I'm a good manager. And I think there is so much of that going on. People think that by learning to be better, by having a coach, by having a mentor to whom they're going to open up and say, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't know what's going on. Can you help me? They're, they will rather uh, hide back and try and do everything else to appear to be good does that make any sense mm. it What's does peer pressure isn't it sorry well <laughs> i mean like above and beyond peer pressure not to really you know cut you off peter but mm-hmm. i was you know you you made me really think about something else hey janice um thank you for joining us uh you you made me think of something else you know uh really the software that uh companies choose to use it's more of a policy issue, isn't it? Because they want to have something um, something measurable in place. I know we kind of touched on this before. And when we think about policies, right? Um, the A lot of the policies, like you said before, Peter, are quite antiquated, right? The whole system is quite antiquated. In fact, I'm going to be just a little bit provocative here. And we said this when we were planning you know, this episode is, let's just face it, you know, uh, there's not really another way to say this, but today's corporations, the policies, right, the laws that govern those corporations come from a place um, that in a time that doesn't exist anymore, you know, it's, it's this, this is based on the slavery system, right? We mm-hmm. have to know where people are and, and, and slavery has nothing to do with color, or any of those things, it's an economic condition, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, with the need to control the resources and making sure that you have the the best measured outcome, you have to um, squeeze, Mm -hmm. right? Um, the, The most out of your employees. And so like basically the difference between slavery is now people get paid 
to have no rights. And so that's, <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking yeah, about, right? Yeah. When you don't trust people, you're basically taking away their human rights, you know? Um, yeah. So. Yeah, interesting. You know what's affected survived as well? And um, I don't know if I shared it with you both, but I was going to write a post in the week, um, but I was a little bit nervous because it is very provocative, but it's not to do that to get attention. I really, it, it's a good link into what we're talking about, a good segue. I won't name the company because I don't want us to get sued or get into trouble, but <laughs> it's, it's a large American company, all I can say. And you'll see the post if you, if you follow me and we can look at it next week. But they are cheerleading themselves for giving paid off time, paid leave. And again, this is another trust thing. And it was for things like fertility treatment. Really, you know, sadly, if someone had lost a baby or something like that. Uh, and I was really curious. I was thinking, well, when you doing that before, you know, is it really took COVID? Because I don't know about you, you two, but for me, when I was in a leadership role, even though I would get into trouble sometimes with HR, with certain senior leaders, and it did happen, I would always have my teams back because I know that even if I got a bit of heat, the main thing for me is to be of service and make sure my team get what they need and I'm of service, right? So all I'm saying is that if something happened and I already knew my team at a granular level, it's case by case. There's always HR policies and they're not a bad thing. You need them to have a structure. So, you know, if I was unsure, I could refer to the policy and I could even check in with a peer or the HR director and say, look, I want to do this. Are you cool with it? But unfortunately, quite often, everyone in the chain of command was very uncomfortable except me. Mm -hmm. And I was always like, what's all that about? I've made a decision. I want you to back me up. And then we'd have this back and forth. And you know what I used to do? So for all the leaders out there, I just used to make that decision. You know, because if, if if I know that my my team member needs that time off and then it really needs to happen, and I know that unless they get to do that, you know, they need to be with the kids or the family or whatever it is, right, then they're never going to come back and be the whole self. They're not going to be committed to work and bring that high performance and, you know, feel safe again. So if, if I'm bullying them saying, well, you can go, but I'm not going to give you paid time off, I just find that crazy. And, and as it really took a pandemic to wake companies up to say, wow, look at us, we're giving paid time off for this. And they're actually trying to shoehorn that as a benefit for when you start with a company. Well, honestly, I'm going to call you out for that because I, I know I'm ranting here, but honestly, for me, if, if, you, if you create a safe space and you trust your people already, then you already do it case by case. You shouldn't have to promote or boast about it you know, in, on LinkedIn and try and make out you're a great company. Because if you, if that's what you're, it's only just happened now. Wow. What were you doing before? <laughs> you know? And like, if you're a great company, your employees would boast about you. Yeah. It, 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 it's really interesting. And, and so I, and I, I actually know that Peter was doing these things because I was around when that was happening. And, uh, uh, and it's, it's interesting to me. And I think that also happens, you know, we are, uh, we don't like to be criticized. We are scared. Managers are scared that they will lose their jobs or they will be criticized by senior leaders because, you know, they need to be doing things. And this is how we get doing things that they're told to do. And so everybody's doing what they're told to do and hiding themselves behind policies. And this is how 
this is why we have racism. This is why we have wars. This is why we have because nobody really thinks their own with their own mind. You know, we we like to fit in. We like to. It's comfortable, but comfort doesn't lead to innovation. Also, it looks like it's safety, but actually, you, you're just not being a leader. You know, you're just pushing stuff around. And, and as Mira said, and I know we've talked about this, it's, you know, you have to kind of put your foot down. And I know it's not easy. And, and this is what we're, why we're talking about this, because we want companies to take more responsibility and saying, we already empower you straight out the gate. I know we've talked about this a lot, but if you're empowering your leaders and everyone in the team to be trusted to make their own decisions, that's when you get true transformation. That's when you get amazing results in less time, you know, with less money and not having to force things. And I can honestly say that that's how it really works in reality versus all of this clunky policy and, you know, having to go off lots of different sign-offs to get like a day's holiday for someone to leave. I mean, I can't believe it. I just used to let people go. <laughs> and I worry about what happened afterwards. And, I, and I, I used to see my colleagues and feel sorry for them because they were literally freaking out. And then the, what was even worse was the people in their teams were not getting the care and attention that they deserved. And as we pointed to, and someone mentioned in the comments, sorry, I can't see the name. I think it was Janice, the great um, resignation, no? That, you know, people... Sorry, Felicia. Felicia. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder people leave companies. If you don't feel safe and you're not trusted, and there's a whole load of antiquated policy, as Cordelia pointed to before, no wonder people are looking for new jobs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It's, you know, it's um, so basically what we're saying is like trust is um, it's a basic human right and the trust begins with yourself right so if you yeah. trust yourself as a leader right then you'll trust your team that's a trickle-down effect and you mm -hmm. know you you peter were noticing how your colleagues who you know instead of trusting themselves right they they had that angst and they they saw their team suffering and the productivity falling off whereas mm -hmm. your team flourished right mm. you trusted yourself you loved yourself self-care right and it's um this is where the transformation comes this is where the productivity is it's not in the you know the actual counting of you know numbers of hours of labor and mm. those kind of things it's just in the 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 flow of allowing your your team to to be humans to have that open dialogue and communication, right? That's mm. the pausing yourself, you know, for the cause of, of self-compassion and, and reflecting and saying, okay, so what do I need to ask Mira or mm. Cordelia to, to, you know, to see where we're missing the mark, you know, mm. and, and then listen, you know, and in that listening, you can come up with, uh, the solution if there if there is an issue in productivity rather mm -hmm. than just jumping to assumptions and like you know what i'm not going to talk to anybody my team i'm sucks. too busy i'm too busy <laughs> let me just implement this software and that will tell me everything you know yeah. that's but, another thing that we noticed yeah. isn't it that people are so busy that they don't have uh 
you know, I can't exactly, I don't have time to speak to people. Therefore, I'm just going to put a software over there that's going to tell me everything. And that's not. Well, yeah, it's shortcuts, right? And, and I know shortcuts sometimes in the world of business can be useful. But this is one that we can honestly say, please don't do it. You know, mm -hmm. invest in your people, invest in trust and listening skills to soft skills and develop your leaders. Because, you know, technology is an enabler in the right hands if you've got clarity of mind. But these are not decisions made with clarity. These are, as Mira pointed to before, these are decisions made around fear and greed and profit. And, and to be fair, the companies that do this, I don't think they'll but be it's around. Contraproductive. Yeah, isn't they won't it? be there in the future because they'll be legacy companies. Because, as Cordelia mentioned before, this all this is all stuff that should have been buried in the 19th century, then 20th or 21st century. Yeah, <laughs> and I think you know, I think leadership and and economy and the way we do things is evolving. And I and and to me, the way I see it and I see what's happening is just a natural process of evolution. In, in business. And so the sooner we adapt to these things, to these changes, the sooner, me, sooner we go back to communication, relationships, trust, uh, putting, you know, what is really flat hierarchy. It's not that, you know, we all have same, we all do the same job. It's not that is that we see each other as humans the same and we respect each other. That's flat hierarchy. It's, um, and so the, the sooner we adapt this, the sooner we develop our leaders, the sooner we show people uh, how to do that, not just one person here and there, but mm -hmm. the whole companies and whole leadership the sooner the whole thing will change, you know, your, your productivity will go up, your, uh, the money you earn is going yeah, to go your up. Top and... line will improve. You know, you know what? I'll let you to a secret that even though I used to, I mean, it was a bit of a white lie. I used to bend the truth. I wasn't really ever bothered about KPIs that much. I'm not saying that I wasn't a good leader and I kept an eye on things. Of course I did. But I actually didn't go into that in much detail with my people unless it was course correction or crucially on the other side, which is often overlooked as well as, you know, well done. Genuinely, you've pulled out all the stops. You have my back. I am humbled. Thank you for that amazing results that you've given me. Right. And to be fair, this is the thing. If you focus on the human first, right. And all of the things that makes them uniquely them and also separate from work, you don't have to worry about the KPIs and the stats and the micromanaging and trying to force a boulder uphill because it will just happen more naturally. And that's what we're pointing to, right? The more that you develop yourself, yourself uh, sorry, soft skills, I can't speak. Mm -hmm. And the more that you develop your self-awareness and as Cordelia pointed to, self-care as a leader you show up to be the best person you can. If you're safe and you're okay in your own skin, that naturally creates safety in numbers anyway. Because I don't know if you thought about this, but when I was fidgety, nervous, and freaking out and enter the room, it used to spread like wildfire. So would my team. Even if I'd not said anything, they'd all be fidgety and nervous and they'd be like, what the hell's going on with Peter? But when I was relaxed and I had the back and I just was okay with whatever was going to happen, no surprise. My team were like, okay, everything's cool. Let's just get on with our work.
Yeah, it's the way you're being, right? So mm-hmm. if you are being the, you know, if you are being a beacon of light, if you are being trustworthy, then, you know, the team will trust you. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm noticing now, like, there are people joining us from Facebook and LinkedIn. I totally forgot that we're live on both. <laughs> um, so I just want to acknowledge that if anyone has any questions or comments, um, thank you, Ted and Janice for joining and Felicia. Actually, what I was showing is she gave us the, um, I believe that this is actually the definition of trust, mm-hmm. firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that is very integral to any relationship, but especially um, when we're talking about um, the workplace and leadership. So that, that's a major soft skill to have and, and just something to introspect about, you know, as an individual. So we, we have, um, we've been on here for about half an hour and I just want to, little bit reset before we go off. I don't don't know how much longer we're going to talk. I do, I would like to answer some questions though. Um, If anyone has questions that they would like to ask on this topic, if anyone is in um, a situation where your company uses bossware or tattleware or whatever it's called, (laughs) spyware, (laughs) I think, um, you know, at your workplace and you're in a remote working situation, please um, feel free to share here in the comments. And also, we will be um, answering comments after we're live. So if you're watching on the replay, feel free to still put your comments and questions, and we will be fielding those. Um, Again, I want to invite you to subscribe to our podcast. It's Unlearning Labels. We are on Spotify and um, iTunes and other places that we stream, I think like Google podcast or yeah. So, um, an anchor, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also go to our website, which is www.unlearninglabels.com, um, to read some of our articles and also the services that we offer to teams. So we, we're having this conversation because this is actually what we do behind the scenes. That's our real job. So, um, <laughs> Hi, Ted. Let's see. What are you saying? I love the being piece. We have to be the change agent in order to have change in our respective companies or in life in general. That's so true. Yeah, Yeah, I want to speak to that. Thank you, Ted, for that. Because what we found in our work supporting leaders is that, like I said before, if you're not feeling comfortable and you're not feeling safe in yourself, you have the journey to real leadership starts with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, we we talk about this a lot, but one really cool metaphor is when you're on a plane, right? And the safety message is playing and it's saying, you know, if there's a lack of oxygen, please put your mask on first. It's the same with leadership. If you're not breathing air, if you're not taking self-care and trusting yourself, then it's going to be really difficult to have impact and create the right kind of psychologically safe space where people feel like they're being listened to, they're not being marginalized. And they're free to do the best work. Because for me, I don't want to stand over someone's shoulder. I know that sometimes we get fearful, I do included, but it just doesn't make sense for me to do that. So I'm always curious, why would you want to take a shortcut as a company 
to buy software that's going to so-called monitor your people? Because I can honestly say, just to unpack it without going into the technology too much, is that they just take pictures and it gives you a false sense of their productivity throughout the day. And then it actually gives you data points to make an, an individual's employees' lives much worse because that denigrates and erodes trust. Because again, what Mira pointed to before, it's actually making a load of assumptions. Just because you have data pointing to say that that person is sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> what if they did the best work in a two hour spurt? I mean, I'll put my hand up. Quite often in the work that I used to do for many of the roles that I had, I'd have short bursts of focused energy. And, and I'm not saying I would take liberties and go go out and go meet my friends. I'd always be here and available, et cetera. But, you know, you have to have downtime. You have to have reflection time, depending on your job. You know, if you want innovation and creativity, you can't just be stuck looking at a screen all day either. So I think if companies are wanting to be more productive rather than looking at that kind of technology, why don't they break down what constitutes, you know, productivity for them? And actually, if, if the company understands what's more meaningful for them, they can tailor-make solutions for the team, you know, that's going to actually get more better, you know, more productivity and better work, but not actually by clocking hours. Because honestly, it's a completely double-edged sword. Just because someone sat on their bum <laughs> looking at a screen for eight or nine or ten hours or even more doesn't equal a great job and, and you know we've talked about this quite it's, a, it's an excuse <laughs> just because we can see you doesn't mean so felicia is yeah. asking us have you found the boss where to be used selectively i.e lower level employees women staff or by race so i know you've done a little bit more research um well again not i mean it's it's only something i've looked in in the last three months i didn't even know this kind, I mean, I, I'd heard that spy words being used for years, you know, by clandestine operations, the CIA, that kind of thing. And that's where it's come from. And some of them, I won't name them because I don't want to give them more traction, if I'm honest, but some of them are touted, let's be more social so you can see someone 24-7 in the comforts of their own living room. But mm. that scares me. That's Orwellian business because we need to be private. We need our own downtime and our own safety. And if we're not in a meeting on Zoom, why should we be forced to have our camera on? You know, what can you know? What kind of things privately could happen in your house, especially if your children are running around, your family, and all of that? It it just doesn't make sense. What I've found is, sadly, it is used for mostly entry level roles. Mm. You know, I, I don't see many senior le leaders being monitored with this by way, if I'm honest. But that might not be the case. You know, I've only started doing research in it in the last few months, like I said. But usually customer service operations, entry-level roles where, sadly, they are kind of forced to be productive because they might be available to take inbound calls or make outbound calls, account management, that kind of thing. Mm. So it's kind of those roles where I see it becoming prevalent and actually becoming commonplace, sadly. Mm. And they're the roles that, funny enough, uh, it's needed the least and you, you, you know also <laughs> where we see the lack of uh, um, trust and it's there is m many more companies technology-based companies uh, that have management in western countries so they they are based uh, headquarters are based in western countries but then they have uh, technical staff people that actually are doing development and all of that if it, if it comes to developing software or even having uh, um, 
like companies that have uh, uh, some kind of like answering system or yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, again, my mind is just yeah. Um, yeah. You, you, <laughs> anyway, yeah. I no, I just want to help you out because I I know you, what you're trying to say. Just I worked for a company that we had our our customer service in uh, Chennai, India, right? Hey, so, uh, yeah, exactly. And yeah, then yeah. there's other companies that use like places in the Philippines. Mm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen that management doesn't trust people. Uh, there are, and I've I've heard of uh, development software development companies in Eastern Europe, uh, in uh, you know places where the technical stuff, technical people are really good, and in India as well. But then, because they are, uh, they are, that's racist. You know, they're not on the same level of development. You don't know them. They are different peoples, different culture. They will. Uh, you know, what Peter would say, take take piss, take the piss out of us, <laughs> and 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 uh, not respect. They will just use us. So therefore, we have to monitor. So that's what we've seen. Yeah, sadly, in certain countries where there's a lack of proper stringent labor law, uh, I'd like to. Uh, I'm not going to name certain countries that I've, we've worked in, but people can guess. You know. Um, <laughs> We've already seen it sadly happening. So, for example, I've heard of candidates applying for roles and then finding out that they are going to do certain things like that. So at least they found out, which is a good thing, because then they can just say no. Because, yeah, for anyone looking for a job now, you shouldn't ever put up with that kind of thing. Because, again, if if you're going to do your best work and you want to feel safe and included and feel like you're part of something meaningful, then the last thing you want is to be covertly monitored. Because even if you sign off on it, what we're finding is, I mean, again, I don't want to veer off too much, but I've even seen a whole company where their staff knowingly want to be microchipped so they can be tracked, which I find really bizarre. But that's another side issue on, you know, (laughs) the technology. But what we're saying is that if... A company for them, if it makes sense for them to not trust first and act by using technology, I can honestly say that you're not going to have a great time in that company. I'm just putting it out there, you know. So be a bit more discerning. And if there is such a thing as this great migration, then surely companies need to take note. Sorry, what did I say? Migration. Migration. And you know, Peter, (laughs) I just wanted to. But it is a migration out of companies. Out of companies, yeah, yeah, into entrepreneurship in most cases. So I just wanted to say, Peter, people recognize that you are very, you have excellent points, and we appreciate your detailed explanation. So it's, it's not that you rant or veer off at all. You just I do rant, but like 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 I said, you know, you you um it was your idea to do this topic. So you, because you've been doing the research, like you said, you know, the past three, three or four months or so. So, um, and, and just so everyone knows, um, we will be going live every, every Wednesday at the same time. Um, next week, the time will be the same for Americans, but different for Europeans because <laughs> Americans, so right? right? Like speaking to the cultural differences, Americans, we do stuff in our own time. We don't have to be with the rest of the world. So, <laughs> and I guess yeah, this week's challenging, right? With the clocks well. going so, back. <laughs> um, yeah. It'll be 10 a.m. next Wednesday, 4 p.m. for um, 
Central Europe and 3 p.m. for uh, the UK and mm -hmm. uh, I guess West African time. And um, we'll just be going live on different topics. So you have to stay tuned. We will not uh, announce the topic until a few hours before. Um, so just look out for us next Wednesday. Um, this has really been a great discussion, Peter and Mira. I, I really enjoy working with you so much. You know, we started this podcast, can you believe, like in January this year? And wow. like, we've yeah. almost done a whole year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. And it's been really, really uh, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, we have these kind of conversations without recording them. Um, and who uh, knew? Mexico changed them. time already, too. Yes, like Europe. Thank then. you. I'm so confused. My calendar's <laughs> all over the place. It's surprising that <laughs> some meetings I've even attended because I get the time. <laughs> no, but honestly, thank you, Cordelia, because it's been such an amazing growth for me as well and learning because we've learned so much in that short space of time and if i'm honest i was like what do another podcast are you crazy but it's actually been one of the best decisions we all made collectively now yeah. so yeah it made you. sense well, I yeah i can just say thank you yeah it's been great well thank you and um we'll see you again next week so... thanks for listening and watching bye bye Thank you for listening to the Unlearning Labels podcast. If you would like help addressing any of the topics we explored during the show, such as diversity and inclusion, cultural change, or inclusive leadership development, contact us at www.unlearninglabels.com. Thank you, and sharing is